You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. There are an estimated 10 million second homes in the U.S., yet on average, they're only occupied about eight weeks a year. That's 440 million weeks that vacation homes sit unoccupied, unused, and unloved. But there's a new tech-driven option that will solve this. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. Wouldn't it be so cool if you could afford a vacation home or two or three without having to deal with the maintenance or the overhead? Well, at least not all of the overhead. New technologies are making it easier to share anything, sharing cars, rides, homes, and now vacation homes. Our guest today created Ember to make vacation home sharing easy and trouble-free. Jeff is a co-founder and chief experience officer at Ember, where he leads all aspects of marketing and product experience. And he's here with us today on The Real Wealth Show. So Jeff, welcome. It's really an honor to have you here. So excited to be here, Kathy, and great to finally meet you. Yeah, so, you know, technology is so cool these days and the things you can do with it. And, but you, man, you got to do it right. So, um, the idea of owning vacation property, but not having it sit vacant is a wonderful idea. I live in Malibu where there's a lot of vacant homes just sitting there with no one in them for years. So, this seems like a better utilization of property. So tell me a little bit more about how it works. Yeah, Ember is really uh, co-ownership of vacation homes as a service. And you nailed it. I think there's something like uh, like 10 million or so second homes uh, or vacation homes in the U.S. alone. Wow. And on average, they sit vacant maybe 44 weeks out of the year. You do that math, that's like 440 million vacant weeks a year. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like... It's 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 an insane number and just gathering dust and it, which is not great for local economies. I mean, you, you can have you know when you have a bunch of second homes where no one's occupying them, no one's shopping at the grocery store, no one's eating at the restaurants, no one's kind of keeping those local seasonal economies going. So, yeah, we we are a really simple service. We we buy or build um, high end uh, multi million dollar. Vacation homes in places like you know Newport Beach, California, or Bend, Oregon, and and you know Southern Utah, the gateway to all the national parks, and really a growing number of 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 areas. And then we fully furnish it, so it's like you know high end, turnkey, beautifully appointed, everything you'd need from a hot tub to you know all kind of the details. When people think I want the perfect vacation home. And then we place all that in an LLC and sell one eighth interests of ownership interests of that LLC. So uh, when you when you buy into a member home, you're actually really buying into one eighth of of an LLC that owns that home. And then with that, for every one eighth, you would use it, you know, forty four days out of the year, and you just book over our uh, mobile app. It's simple to book a, a place like it is in and Airbnb. And there's a bunch of kind of rules built into the scheduling to make sure that everyone gets an equal shot at using at peak time and non-peak times. No one can squat all, all of the holidays and actually works really, really well. And so that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference, isn't it? Because, you know, shared home ownership isn't new. TICs have been around, but people who have done them hate them. Not, not everyone, but they can be complicated. So is it set up like a TIC structure? No, it's no. not. Oh, okay. It's an yeah. LLC. Yeah. Tenants of Commons okay. kind of a pain in the butt because you got all the different names that are on the, on the deed itself. And if you want to go get financing against that house, 
now you're running credit checks on all the people. And if some of them sell their portion, now you have to re basically re put all new names on title every single time. And it's slow on paperwork and you can, you can even basically force what's called a do on sale on your, on your financing where, okay, some of the, the co-owners come in and come out. Well, that may like force you to like basically go get a new mortgage. And that kind of mm-hmm. sucks because people don't necessarily want to be forced into getting a mortgage if rates are up or rates are down. And so th- this is a much simpler model. It really, we take the uh, the home and the furnishings and and obviously the land that, that it sits on, and that just sits in an LLC. And it's a property-specific LLC. And then you just buy membership or ownership interests into that LLC. And so you can... You turn around a transaction in 24 hours. You know it's really, really simple. And mm-hmm. if there's financing that's you know, that's um, extended to the home, well, that that's actually financing that's extended from the bank or the financier to the LLC that is backed yeah. by the property. So the actual owners of the LLC can come and go. And that's why you know folks love this convenience around co-ownership, which is okay, I can buy into this home and that works great for, for, for maybe a, you know, a certain amount of years. And let's say my family's growing and I need a bigger place. Well, you would call us back and say, okay, I want to sell my, my ownership interest in this LLC that owns this house. And I want to buy an ownership interest in this other LLC that owns a bigger house or a different location or an, an, an additional place. And that's easy for us. We just throw it back up on our marketplace. We're able to resell it and and they're able to transact into their next place or into an into an additional place as fast as 24 hours and you don't have to redo the loan you don't have to redo the title it's just a lot simpler so i assume this is very different than a timeshare as well so what what's the difference jeez yeah timeshares <laughs> yeah not not even not similar huge, right <laughs> yeah we're not huge fans i mean it's funny like with a timeshare with that model you don't actually own the property itself, you own a right to use the property, you know, some condo at some resort, you know, one, one fifty second or one week out of the year. Uh, they're challenging because if the asset gains and appreciates over time, you don't really get to capture that appreciation if it's worth more later. And they're super hard to sell. Anyone who's ever tried to sell a timeshare, they're a really pain in the butt to buy because like you, you can't. It's, yeah, it's a high pressure sale, and they won't let you out. And then, like when you want to sell the asset, you're not going to capture any appreciation of it, and like it's a huge pain to sell. It's like that's kind of co ownership done all wrong. And so it's funny some of those. I think the problem that Timeshare was trying to sell or trying to solve is a good problem. People yeah. are like, I want to match my ownership with my budget and my availability. That's actually a really great problem. Match my ownership with my budget and my availability. This is Timeshare was a really crappy way to do that that didn't really have the consumer in mind. So co-ownership, when you actually own it in LLC, is just much more elegant and they can sell in and out and capture appreciation all the way down to if their accountant lets them write off the property taxes of their one-eighth ownership. So it's true ownership, not you know, um, right to time in uh, as timeshares are. Yeah. So if you are wanting to sell or buy, is it just an appraisal that tells you the value of it when you're coming in or coming out of it? Yeah. So, um, and you, you'd see this on any of our, uh, listings on our, on our website, we're super transparent about what we bought the house for and it's public record anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you can see, okay. And then we add, you know, the cost of the furnishings because we're, we fully, you know, um, have our own interiors teams and work with, you know, super high end, 
um, kind of furniture and interiors providers. And you see that line item as well. You see our fee that we make is sort of part of that whole process. You add that up and you split it in one eighth and that's, and that's your value. Um, and, and so um, when, so say you've owned a, you know, a one eighth ownership interest in one of our homes and after two or three years, you want to sell out of it, you get to name your price. You know, we're, we'll give you a um, sort of um, some market indicators. We don't actually have to go run a new official appraisal because we're not getting new financing against against the house. The old the old or the original financing extended to the home just perpetuates. It's just someone sells in or out of that LLC. So someone may call us and say, I want to sell this place. What do you think I should sell it for? And we'll go, values have appreciated over, you know, the three years that you've owned it. X amount. Let's sell it for this. Is does that does that sound good? They'll go great. At which point we'll actually go to the other seven owners and give them right of right of first offer and say, hey, before we extend it to any you know the rest of the marketplace, do you want to buy a second or third share in this home you already have share in? They can say yes or no, uh, and then if they choose to know, then we'll just list it up on our marketplace at the price that they determine. And and then, you know um, you know we're still relatively new companies. So we've not had a lot of shares sort of resells, but that's the way kind of our LLC docs are written that make it easy and simple. The only thing that's important to understand is we don't want speculators coming in and out. We don't want day traders of, you know, one eighth ownership of homes. And so uh, our policy is you got to hold it for 12 months. Um, <laughs> and then after 12 months, you can sell it anytime at a price that, that, that you name, but we just don't want people kind of coming in and out. Like that. This is a different model and mentality. These are people that are trying to create this sort of family cabin experience, the second place that is where their family memories are going to be, and they and they're it's this in sort of a this enduring backdrop for all these family memories, and that's really the problem that we're trying to solve. And so we're trying to keep the, the speculators out. Yeah, because I know I was looking at the Picasso model, which I'm assuming is your your um, competitor, and. I was I was just curious about can if you have ownership can you put your ownership time on Airbnb and I think their response was no you know we don't we don't want that um, this is for you to to stay in or or your friends or family I'm assuming is that is that the case for you guys also yeah I mean many of the homes that we sell are not even in designated nightly rental zones and that's yeah. actually one of the beauties of this model is you can go to a place that isn't maybe some crazy nightly rental zoo. And you've been to some of these places where mm -hmm. it's just parties and chaos. Yeah. Um, often our owners are not looking for that experience. And so this, you know, when you buy in an LLC of those who are owning over uh, over a long extended period, you can buy into regular single family residences and, and get more of a kind of that vibe and experience than just kind of the the nightly rental parties and, and, uh, you know, where people kind of treat the neighborhood like, you know, the old saying, drive it like a rental. Well, you get folks to treat houses and neighborhoods and their experience in that kind of rental mentality. Whereas we're, this is a, this is a different approach. You know, we want to be active members of the communities that we operate in and meet your neighbors and, and if they need help bringing in their garbage cans in because they're out of town on a Monday morning. We'll, our, our, owners will, our owners will do it for them. You know, like we, we want to um, sort of be active participants and that's what we see happen. They get to know the neighbors, they get to know each other mm -hmm. and because they come back six times, seven times, eight times a year and they say hi and get to know each other and they become participating active members of the communities that they're in with their houses and 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 um, that's really the intended model. 
So, you know, I had often thought about co-ownership and doing something like this. In fact, I, I had mentioned that we have a project in Park City, beautiful homes. I personally think they're incredibly underpriced. So, you know, we want, we want, uh, we want one and, but we're hardly going to be there. So I don't want to be one of those homeowners that's never there. It's just tying up property and not using it. I just don't think that's the violate violates the law of use, which I believe is a real law. You should be using your stuff. So, but you know, everybody says to me, oh no, it's so complicated. You know, then you're going to have partners and partners are horrible. And you know, you're, how are you going to agree on who uses what, when, and um, so that, you know, that is the question, like in Park City, I'd want it in February, right? But so would everybody else. But, you know, if you had something in, like you said, in, in California, you'd probably want it in the summer, I'm guessing. So yeah, how do you work that out? Yeah, so uh, really two separate kind of thoughts there and I'll address them both. One is, yeah, we have folks come to us that go, um, we love this house, but we don't want the whole thing. How about we just buy a share or two of it and you guys, Ember, buy the rest and sell it into co-ownership? We're like, great. And we actually love that model. We we call it the anchor owner model, which is you're going to go be sort of the anchor that's going to take us into this new town or into this new into this new kind of property. And, and, and you know, we already have the confidence that we at least have a fourth of it already sold. Um, that's great. And so we we invite that and it happens a fair amount. We also get people who already have nightly rentals that are like, we are sick of the headache of this nightly rental. We got into it thinking we'd offset costs. The problem is every time we want to be at the nightly rental, because my kids are out of school or blah, 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 is the time I need to be renting it. And so they, they're tired of that dissonance and they'll sort of call us up and say, I'm going to take this out of the rental pool and I want to uh, sell it into co-ownership. I'd like to keep one share or two or two two one eighth shares for my own personal use. And, and then, um, you know, you guys can sell the rest in, in, on your um, co-ownership marketplace. So that works really, really well. You know, it, it isn't always incumbent on us to find the perfect place. Sometimes the perfect place comes to us. We already have someone who wants to own part of it. That works great. Um, the, to the second part of your question, how do we handle sort of um, equity in the scheduling? Uh, algorithmically and elegantly. So it's all about <laughs> uh, equality. And so if you imagine there's like a two-year actual time horizon calendar that you can book out. And yet at any given time, you can have six days booked. Um, and uh, every owner, you know, in each local marketplace, or there's kind of eight key holidays that, you know, would be super highly desirable, Memorial Day weekend and Fourth of July, President's Day weekend and Christmas, Thanksgiving, et cetera. So every owner would get one of those each, each year. And you can't squat on um, multiples of those. And then if it's one of these markets that maybe is like a ski and sun or you know something like Bend, Oregon, for instance, which has like a super prime July, August season where oh, it's so beautiful, and a really prime kind of January, February where the skiing is really, really great. And we make sure that each of the owners would get would get an opportunity to have a, at least one week in each of those periods, and that just plays itself out in the algorithm of the scheduling. And, and if you kind of think about it, if I can only have six days booked, I have to wait for the for one of the six days to fall off after I've done this day to book my next one. And that always keeps usually about half the calendar free at any, any given time. So, um, so far, you know, we're close to a year into this. It's worked really, really well. Um, and, uh, but we'll continue to sort of tweak it as we get more and more owner 
feedback. Our goal is we want all of our owners to get their max value. We want them to get all 44 days a year. Like we want them to feel like I bought this thing and I used the heck out of it. My ownership matched my budget and time availability. When those can come together really, really perfectly, we know we've got the right product, but still learning for sure. Fascinating. All right. Well, then how are you different than Picasso or is it just pretty much the same? Well, I think there are definitely um, a few differences. One, we think they're a great company. Where you may see some nuances is potentially some different markets, you know, where you may have a mm-hmm. sort of a stronger foothold or, or more opportunity in different markets. We're, we're interested in, in um, a pretty broad set of price points. I mean, we'll even buy down to sometimes homes that are in the million and a half dollar zone, and that's maybe less than $200,000 per share per per um, owner. Um, that's really affordable. And I think if you sort of scan the sort of the the full selection of the Picasso opportunities, you see a lot of stuff that can be up to upwards to 15 to $20 million for uh-huh. the house. And and we're we we think co-ownership should be accessed for the masses. And so mm-hmm. what it, um, it doesn't mean that we would never kind of curate or merchandise something up there, but we 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 really have a goal to keep a really broad selection on the shelves as far as different price points mm-hmm. that um you know that people want to take advantage of it's still way better than airbnb i mean and, and not maybe them specifically but if you look at the nightly rental space just after you're done paying the local you know vacation you know and taxes and these fees and it's like sometimes you know 44 nights in an airbnb versus 44 nights in 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 a number of homes, it's sometimes it can be four to one or five to one, the price difference, even if you financed your whole share with like a HELOC or something like that. And so, you know, when you're renting, you're just kind of um, just, you're never going to see that money again. And when you yeah. co-own, it's just a whole different model of, of, hey, you can have the dream vacation home and actually own it. And it as, as the market appreciates, you get to capture that. Um, and, and write-offs, and right? Would you value. get the write-offs? Exactly. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, so you're investing in your vacations. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. We're, 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 we're not accountants, but we do have owners that write off things like the property taxes of their yeah. one-eighth ownership of their second homes. So it works. Heck yeah. Super you got to well. go visit yeah. your home to take care of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other, I think, to answer your questions on is, um, differences between us and maybe other firms, it's is we have sort of said, hey, we want an entire concierge layer that makes the, 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 where your second home can never turn into a second job. So th- that's full property management and 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 folks in market who are minutes away for any issue, you know, and that can be. And it's obviously things like, oh, there's repair, maintenance, or auditing, you know, the cleaning, et cetera. But even, you know, we get calls like, my daughter left her history textbook at the house. Will you ship it back? And the answer is yes, we're going to do those things. And we're not going to charge you for it. I mean, that, and so we do that with our own W-2 employees. And so that approach of just kind of owning the quality of the service with our own people is something where we just felt like, yeah, maybe it might cost us a little bit more money to do that. But when you outsource property management, I think you can get a quite a broad spectrum of quality of service. And they're working to save money and drive margins. Our concierge are working to make for really happy customers. And it's pretty pure motive there. When you're a startup like us, you know, it only takes a few bad experiences 
to like have something that's like not recoverable from a brand reputation perspective. So we want to over over deliver, and we we knew we had to do that with our own employees. So if I uh, or any of our audience has a really cool home, I think I heard you say this right. That is a vacation home, but they don't use it a lot, but they want to still keep it, but not use you know be able to you know sell off shares of it. So they would come to you. Mm-hmm. And you guys would structure that. Would you would 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 Ember buy the property or just mm-hmm. facilitate the process or both? Yeah. So what we would do is we would formally we would create an LLC that would be the buying entity that buys the property itself. And mm-hmm. and that LLC could whoever the seller is, the LLC could could deem that two of the eight shares or more, whatever what they wanted to maintain in ownership, are owned by the original seller. And then, um, you know, the the last five of eight shares or six of eight shares are owned by Ember at that point. And then Ember would go out and sell those ownership interests on our marketplace and find buyers for those. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just call our 1-800 number that's like right on our website. I will tell you, we're picky, you know, uh, <laughs> you got to be a picky buyer when, when you know, and so you're looking for really iconic, amazing homes that are you know, in amazing shape that aren't, that aren't, uh, you know, we're not interested in doing a bunch of renovation, you know, it's gotta be just turnkey ready to go. We'll come rolling in with furnishings and, and really make it like top shelf as far as an interiors experience, but we're not trying to lose too much time in construction projects. Cause I don't know if you've tried to do anything lately, Kathy, but oh my gosh, just the Hard. prices <laughs> really getting hard. good subs and all these sorts of things. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, we're looking for stuff that's ready to go. But if there are those who who um, have that, bring it to us. We'd love to evaluate it. And that actually leads to, I think, a common question that we get as well, which is, what's the role of real estate agents in this? And um, and we pay a full kind of buyer's agent commission. So if someone is representing a buyer that's thinking, nah, I was thinking about getting this condo in you know, X, Y, or Z place, and it's 500 grand, and and then the agent's like, well, how much are you going to be there? And like, six, seven weeks a year, the agent says, well, you should just buy well, one-eighth ownership in this incredible two-and-a-half million-dollar house and use that six weeks out of the year. Great. Bring them to us. We'll pay a full 3%, you know? And that works the other way as well, which is if the agent is representing a seller and they have a home that would be really ideal for co-ownership in one, in one of these um, incredible places, bring it to us. And if we end up buying it, we'll pay a full uh, 3% on the sell side as well. And so we love the agent market. They're like great partners. We want them to be our advocates and we want to reward them as um, for for doing such. So agent partners out there, bring, bring your clients and their homes to us and uh, we'll take incredible care of them and you'll get the full stack. So oh, we think great. that works out pretty well. You kind of mentioned something earlier, like you don't want houses that need to be fixed, but what if they do need to be fixed? What if something breaks? And yeah, so yeah, the, you, who takes care of it? Yeah, this is the beauty of having an in-market concierge that's our own employee and their their first call, and we um, we identify those that need to um, provide maintenance and repairs on the home and and contract it all and and um, and uh, audit the work. And, you know, um, our owners split all the costs of owning the home. So it's just like, just like any home. So you pay one eighth of the utilities and one eighth of the cable bill and one eighth of the property taxes and one eighth of the homeowner's insurance and one eighth of the pool maintenance guy who make comes and does the chemicals a few times a week. And now you can sort of get all that. And as part of that, they pay into a reserve for repairs and stuff. So there's, you know, we expect these homes to be in our portfolio for generations. 
So we're thinking about, yeah, seasonally, the beautiful cedar exterior is going to get sun faded every, you know, five years. We got to come back and restain that and the paint and the roofing and like everything else to just to maintain a super high quality product over a period of time. They park dollars into a contingency. So if there's a repair that requires something like that, the concierge would step right in, manage all of it. Um, get it done and then just send a heads up email to the eight owners and says, heads up, this happened with the home. Here's what was done. You know, the, it deducted, I don't know, whatever, $300 for a plumber or whatever work needed to be done. Let me know if you have any questions. They also, um, if people want to make capital improvements to the house, like let's get a hot tub, you know, maybe if it doesn't have it, then they'll work to actually kind of do an owner vote. And, and they would get an owner assessment and say, okay, we're just going to chip in one eighth of this. And, you know, it's all written in the, the docs, but if they get six, six out of eight or seven out of eight, and it like varies by, um, varies by sort of how big of a dollar cost item this would be that they want to, they want to upgrade, then, you know, uh, they'll actually manage make getting cool new stuff for the house if that's what the co-owners want to do. And, and believe it or not, that happens a lot. The number one thing is we want another fridge. Um, we want a fridge in the garage because yeah. the, you know, because we're, we're coming, we're, yeah, I mean, your stays can be as long as two weeks. So we want two weeks and, and we have room we, for the lasagna. Yes. You got to load room. it up. That, that's exactly right. Uh, so, okay. So, um, owner number one goes, they bring their two-year-old kids and they break something that does everybody split that? Or how do you know that, how, how do you know that owner number one just made a mess? Yeah. So usually with our, I mean, our home managers are usually in the home with pretty great frequency in between stays. We also work exclusively with, with cleaners who, that part of their kind of arrangement with us is to identify when they see issues and flag it to us. So we, we have yet to have an issue where we, we didn't actually have an owner who came to us and said, Hey, X, Y, or Z happened. Uh, or, you know, the cleaners have sort of caught it and we've said, Hey, this is clearly not like natural wear and tear. But this is actually like a one-time traumatic event, and we ha- we've not had an issue yet where, where like we we've had to like assess everyone for something where everyone said we didn't do it, we don't know what happened like that that um, that really hasn't happened yet. But I mean, ideally, what's so interesting here is when people have owner mentality, they just approach this stuff very very differently. Yeah, I mean, they'll, different. mm-hmm. they'll like they'll come down to the house and call us and go, hey, I fixed these blinds. Like you don't have to fix the blinds. We have a concierge. We have like we'll come do it. Like no, I just did it because yeah. they like they own it. They and so care. they think yeah. they think the way that they would. So we we that hasn't happened yet. And I'm, I'm sure there's some extreme circumstances where we may have to work with a whole ownership group to figure it out. But for the most part, they they all kind of treat it like a shared kind of cherished asset rather than kind of rental people, which would be like I didn't touch it. It wasn't me because they they know they want to keep coming back to it and take great care of it over generations oh fantastic well i really appreciate you coming in and uh, and sharing your wisdom with us i think there'll be a lot of interested people wanting to participate or do something like that so they can find you at ember.com or ember home emberhome.com not homes plural but emberhome.com yep okay. and they'll see there's tons of information there you can go super deep on um, both kind of share costs, but also how the monthly costs are broken down or any of the homes, homes with financing um, available. And you can even see kind of current markets where we're at and tell us a little bit more about markets where you think we should go because we're looking, uh, looking to go where, where our customers want to take us. 
Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much and best of luck to you on your growth. Thanks, Kathy. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can find out more at realwealthshow.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.